Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Fanatical Prospecting is Real Estate. Um, today, we have a, a special treat. By the way, I am Nathan Graham. Uh, as always, I have uh, Stevie Susie with me, and today we're joined by Christina Ark Angioli, who I am pretty much going to make the forefront of this entire conversation. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Welcome. Nice to see you all. Um, so uh, I've known Christina for... Uh, 10 years? It'd be there about. Long time. Yeah. Actually, 10 years this year. Yeah. We, we used to be in the same brokerage together. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just one reason why I wanted to bring her on is, as, as everybody knows, this is a podcast where we, we talk not just to new agents, we talk to every agent, but lately it's been geared around newer agents. And uh, Christina and I have always had great conversations around mindset. And Stevie and I have actually been chatting a lot about mindset lately too. And so I thought we'd bring her on, have a conversation around mindset for newer agents or that will even expand into not so newer agents. Yeah. Uh, just fun little bit of bio and history. So uh, she is now part owner of a brokerage. If there's anything I'm not allowed to say, just do one of these. Um, so she was the team leader of a Keller Williams for six years. Yeah. If I'm correct. Right. Um, before that, she had her little own little real estate empire, which she still now has going. And she's also currently an owner in a brokerage. Um, we, we try to keep this, this particular podcast very not focused on brokerages. We want this to be just educational all around. One of the things, though, I really want to bring to the table is that team leader role that Christina had was really about mentoring and coaching real estate agents for six years and helping them achieve their goals. And that's one reason why I thought there'd be a lot of value brought to the table. So welcome on that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's just dive right into it, because obviously Mm -hmm. we try to keep this half an hour, 45 minutes, something about an hour. Um, And this is going to be a general more conversation, but in, in your experience and seeing um, Stevie pipe in afterwards too, what are you guys finding that some of the, that mindset, we talk about mindset. What are, do you, do you recall back to your first days in real estate when it was like, what was that limiting beliefs? What's holding you back? What, what might've been some of those mindsets around success um, right. that people now probably have or ones you run into? Um, I can share that when I got into real estate, it was, it was bumpy. My personal life was bumpy at the time. The same month I got into real estate, my husband decided he wasn't meant for marriage and we had a 12 month old daughter. Uh, So it was bumpy. And I will say that my success came from a lack of options. It was, I had to do it. I, I had no choice. I started in a downturn market as well. So I didn't know what I didn't know. And, uh, I just went out there and, and was seriously banging doors and I learned very quickly. I was with a different office than I'm at right now. And I learned very quickly that coaching and training was the only way I was going to figure this out. Uh, so I did invest in a coach pretty quick. Uh, what I could afford at the time for some accountability and some systems. Uh, the office I was at didn't offer much that way at the time. So I sought it out um, But I would have to say, Nathan, in all fairness, back then, which was 2008, it was the wolves were at the door. I just had no choice but to make it work. Um, So my mindset. Interesting. Probably more from scarcity. (laughs) So so funny enough, Stevie and I were chatting about this. What what was it like two weeks ago? I want to say. Yeah. Remember, we're talking about the big why and the big why for people and how a lot of times we have all these like big fancy things like, oh, a life by design or, oh, new cars or, oh, my family and all the rest. A lot of times your big why is just, I need to get this done. (laughs) 
I was, I I was like, how am I going I to, I was actually working part-time at another place to at least keep daycare costs available uh, and pay for my coaching because I hadn't made anything in real estate yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, the quickest way that I thought I was going to get into real estate or at some level of success uh, was to get some help and some training for sure. Uh, so so that right. was, Sorry. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I forgot to ask, how long have you been in real estate now? Since 2008. 2008. That was a great right. year to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but okay. hey, I, I figure if I can, I I was, I had a good year for then. Back then, listen, if you had a, a listing at $300,000, you were doing the Snoopy dance. You know, the average sale price was in the low 200. So for, to see like a five, six, $7,000 commission check, oh my gosh, you thought you had the world by the horns, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm actually grateful that I started in 2008 because if I can grind out lead gen then when it was completely uh, a buyer's market and nobody wanted to sell their house, the economy was upside down, people were losing their homes, uh, then I think it's set up for, for good structure going forward. So I have some, some gratitude for those times too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when that the big conversation in the U.S. was always about upside down houses, and mm-hmm. uh, it was yeah, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve were very weird years. What did your first year look like? Um, did you have a, like you mentioned coaching and all this, but did you have a good successful year your first year? So for for then, yes, like I would say, I um, all incomes provided, including the part time job, I did just hit the six figure mark. Got right around a hundred grand. I'd say my real estate was probably just under 60,000 of that. And keeping in mind that it was a very different price point back then, I thought I did pretty good. Uh, I did have high costs to the office that I was with and I did everything that you could possibly imagine. I tried to buy the recipe cards and go door knocking in the neighborhood. Um, But really what it came down to is I did start to learn. I was with referral based coaching uh, Buffini coaching. And that's where I started to get sort of the scripts and the dialogues and the comfort to look at my sphere, uh, create a database at come from contribution with items of value. And then, you know, thankfully a couple of family members needed to move. I had family that were in corporations that sent me a few referrals. So it, uh, I did have a good first year, I think in, in retrospect. Nice. Now, Stevie, we were talking a while back about a lot of things that new agents do and what they focus sometimes on the wrong things. Um, so just, I, I guess, kind of engaging, what, what, what were some of those things that we were talking about that agents do that focus on in your, that you see that are not always the good main sort of focus, like yeah. maybe spending lots of money on recipe cards? <laughs> or wrapping your vehicle. <laughs> yeah, so I think for me, the, the most common that I, that I see um yeah, agents spending uh, too much time on all the wrong things. And what that usually looks like I find for most people is marketing and branding, which not to say that that's not important, because it obviously it is. But I always like to say, like, if you if you haven't even sold a house yet, like you don't even have a brand yet, you know, you're, you're barely even a realtor at this point. And agents really, I feel like they come in with this mindset that they need to have the best branding, they need to go get flyers and stuff made right away. Like they're spending all this money that they really don't have 
on this stuff. And social media is another big one too. Um, again, while social media is super powerful and I'm obviously a huge advocate for that, I find um, agents will post every day about the fact that they're a realtor, but they're not actually going out and doing the work. And the thing is, is, is social media is very powerful in conjunction with other forms of lead gen and stuff that you're doing. So that's probably the two biggest ones that I see is spending too much time making sure that their social media looks great, having a pretty page with no real value to it, as well as spending too much money on things like flyering and all that kind of stuff, instead of just going out and hitting the doors or picking up the phone to actually speak to people. Absolutely. I would, I would love to, um, to add to that too. The, the, people do mistake being busy for being productive. Yes. Uh, and that's absolutely not the case. And yes, I did wrap my vehicle. And I also tell a lot of agents whether, and it doesn't matter when we talk about new agents, this could be somebody that's 22 and it could be somebody that's 62. I mean, a new agent is a target for other industries. And I've often joked that the first time your phone rings, it's going to be somebody trying to sell you something because now you're a realtor, <laughs> you know, whether it be their lead gen program or their, you know, gets you at the top of Google, no matter what it is, your phone is going to be first and foremost, you're, you're going to, you're going to be solicited too. Yeah. So you've got to turn off that noise a hundred percent. And I really wish that changed the longer you were in the industry. It <laughs> yeah. does not. I think I'm still getting calls of people trying to sell me the next best thing and program. And oftentimes it's not even realtors trying to sell it to me. It's companies yeah, who just know realtors. So, okay. So there's so, no magic yeah. pill to any of this. Like you just got to go out and do the work and make the connections. Mm-hmm. So that, that Buffini coaching, um, I just, I want to quickly dive a little bit into that because I think Buffini brings a really good mindset to it. So um, I'm going to make an assumption that when you first got into real estate, every year your mindset must have shifted and changed a little bit because of contributions to your life. W- would you agree with that? I like, would agree, but not because of the coaching. But I would agree okay. that yes, I grew, I grew into a different mindset all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that co- the coaching side of it, what what value did that bring to you? Why why did that help your career, or did it even help your career? Oh, absolutely. And I, and I stayed invested with Buffini for four years. So, you know, I, I think it was doing something and I don't even feel that I used it to the max. Uh, at the time I was still juggling a real estate career with a toddler and uh, it took a while to figure that out on my own. <laughs> um, so what Buffini offered me was tools. It, it gave me a CRM. It gave me um, uh a monthly item and value that I could use as a mail out plus a, an email um, mm-hmm. offering. It gave me some tools, gave me some scripts, some systems, and a, and a bit of accountability. I did have a monthly call with a coach. What I did learn, I didn't know it then. I know it now. The difference of the accountability, I could get out of anything with that coach, and I really wasn't held accountable. I could say I did it, but there was no checks and balances. And not that she really should have cared because if I don't do what's in front of me, I'm only ripping myself off. So it's never a coach's fault, but I've had better coaches to hold me accountable since then, but I will not, that is not on Buffini. That was on me. I wasn't ready for it. Uh, I didn't own it at that point. So yeah, they definitely gave me a springboard and it also, because I had success with coaching, I saw the value of coaching. I understood more and more how coaches were going to get me further um to this day i have different coaches in different areas of my life and i would say 
upwards of most people's annual income. If you're in corporate, I spend strictly on coaching and education. Mm. So it's valuable for sure. That's absolutely awesome. So, okay, let's go into that. I'm a brand new agent, right? And yes. Let's go back to those, those days that when, when you would help these new agents kind of figure out what their life was going to look like. And I, and I'm saying things like, um, Christina, I, I, I just, I can't afford it. I, you know, I have these, this monthly job and I have all these things. I, I can't afford coaching. How, how does that, when, when I have a conversation with you and my mindset is one, as you said, as you brought up of scarcity, one yeah. of, I, I have, I'm not coming from abundance. I'm coming from the scarcity. What, what would be responses? Like how would we converse so you can help show me that value in coaching? Cause I'm sure there's so a lot of people right now. Thinking they can't afford just, it. Yeah. Right. So help me frame that for a second. You said they have a job. So this is like, they're a part-time agent. Either or, let's just say full time. Okay. Let's say they quit their job. This is all that they have. They had. Uh, they're lucky. If they like. I don't know about you. I had no savings saved up when I got into real estate. No. I just yoloed it. Um, Stevie, so did you have savings when you got into it? I don't. Uh, I just I'm curious. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I don't all think these too, people are like, too many of us do. It I, that was, way. I was broker than broke when I first started in real estate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just quickly, I'm saying that because I see in certain real estate groups all the time how much do people have saved up before they get into real estate. Another one is like at least three months, at least six months. I'm like, no, man, you just YOLO and go see what happens. Right. <laughs> so I just YOLO and went into real estate and, and I just, I I'm having a tough first, say three, four months. Right. Um, and, uh, how does that conversation end up happening? Like, like how, how do I get from that scarcity mindset to a new one? I think, I don't think it's a jump from a scarcity mindset to all of a sudden an abundant mindset. I think somebody has to submit to the process. I think they have to realize that they have no power to reinvent the wheel and there's agents before that made things work. Let's look at some of the proof in the pudding. And I think you really have to just submit to the process and not mistake um, everything that you have to do as something that you are entitled to enjoy. <laughs> Sometimes we have to do things that, you know, it takes you out of your comfort zone or you have some negative talk in your brain about it, you know, whether it be cold calling or I don't want to bug somebody or you can't be an undercover agent and have any financial stability in this business. You have to share what you know. It does not mean that you have to tackle somebody to the ground at the grocery store and say, you're going to sell your house with me. Um, but starting with- If you with, do, please YouTube it because I have to be awesome. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, with starting with the relationships that you're most comfortable with, share what you're learning. So if I'm talking to a brand new agent and they're coming from an insecure, I don't know what to say, you know, lean on the people in your office. Uh, we have a, my experience is we have a really open culture. You can pretty much hit anybody in our office and, and get some assistance in conversation and language. Also, you know, mentor up if you can, or if there's a productivity program in your office, like jump into it, they're going to help you along the way. So if you're thinking that you can't afford it, you know, you really can't afford not to because you can get 100% commission and not invest in coaching, but 100% of no transactions, you're still broke. So if you have an opportunity to jump into any kind of coaching, and again, it shouldn't be about the money, it should be about the growth. If you uh, if you get penny wise, then you're pound foolish and you're not going to go very far. Right. I, you know, it's funny as, as you're talking, um, one of the big, I remember my very 
uh, first week I was a realtor, uh, my very first week, I remember driving around. Now, I only ever worked nine to five horrible, crappy jobs. Like I cleaned chemical haulers. I sold cell phones. Like they were never good work. And I remember just driving around, not making any money, not doing anything and being like, this is my life now. This is my job. I don't have to go in. I don't have a boss. This is great. Um, now I look back at that, at, at a silly mindset around that. But in, in your experience, like, w- would you agree, I guess, real estate is more, it's not a job. It is so much more. It's almost like if real estate doesn't transform you, yeah, then you, then I don't know. I don't see how you would succeed in it. Yeah, I would like, agree. The, the most successful realtors I know, it's, it's a lifestyle by way of what you're able to do as you grow in it. So whether it be coming from contribution of you're the new agent, now you're two years in with a bit of success and you want to help a new agent, you know, you become a bit of a go-to person to like, personally, Nathan, my story of not having a clue how I was going to pay my office bill to now, um, whatever it is, 14 years later, or something like that. Um, looking for ways to contribute and offer. Like I have grown, I never thought I'd have the life that I have financially, uh, emotionally, my mindset. It's, I often talk about it. My business partner is my mom. And uh, I was in real estate before she was, but she jumped in with me about three years after I got licensed. And we often talk about our conversations now about wealth building or contribution or philanthropy we didn't even know we'd ever have the means to have those conversations. And Mm. so I often share like people just, just trust the universe, like dare to dream, like stick it out there and something is going to hit the wall and you'll be surprised at where it goes to. Now I know that might sound a little bit dreamy and unrealistic for a brand new agent, but I think if you can spend some time dreaming alongside of more time lead genning and you start to get traction, do the transactions, get the experience, I think the combination of the two take you far. Because if you have any limiting mindset on where what's possible, then you will only do a couple of transactions a year because that pays your bills. You have to get hungrier for what you can contribute beyond paying your bills. So success, we, we've had a conversation around this. Success has pathways. There's pathways to success. Like what you said, we're not reinventing the wheel. I can look back and be like, hey, that person was successful and follow what they do. So I'm super curious. I don't know if I've ever asked this question because I really didn't know you in 2008. And, okay. We Christina, didn't know you in 2008. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even get in the industry until 2009, 10. So 2008, yes. 2009, 2010, you just said that that your dreaming was so different back then. In 2008, what would have constituted success for you? What would have been a big goal back then? Well, keeping in mind that, you know, Danica was one and I had no source of support or income. I was just, she was my everything. She was like, listen, I didn't have, I didn't have any expectations to being a single mom. Like that was not on my goals. (laughs) Um, in hindsight, okay, I have an amazing life, zero regrets. But at the time, uh, I didn't know that I don't think I would call it a dream. I just needed to make sure the minimums were kept, right? Like this was a, a young person that didn't deserve the chaos that I was in. 
Uh, I had great family support, by the way. It's not like we were homeless. It's not like we we didn't have food on the table. Uh, but it was I wanted to make sure that I wasn't a a a down and out person. Right. Um, so as I grew into that, then my dreams became, OK, I got I got kind of good at real estate and it could take me out a lot of nights, weekends. Um I didn't become a mom to be a part-time mom. So really I would say Danica is my common denominator in my goals. And, you know, now at she'll be 15 this year. And as a rep hockey goalie who has, you know, school tuitions in order for her to be athletic in school, those are still my goals to make sure that I have all the means available to, to help her pursue her, her hockey. Um, I don't think it's a hobby at this point. It's pretty much life dominating. But, <laughs> um, you know, you it, it changes. So it's gone from just meeting their necessities to, you know, providing opportunities. For me, it's been my child has been all the way up. But, you know, I've also been able to provide opportunities for other people that have needed just a leg up. That's that's exciting. And now just keeping dreaming bigger than that. So in your first year, would you say that making just over six figures, I think it was the the phrase between the two just jobs. Just under six figures. Or just under six figures. Yes. But that was probably a huge accomplishment. Would you, oh, would you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. totally. So what, what I love about this is, again, I, I'm always trying to relate back to new agents. And, and yeah. it's, it's weird. Um, okay, let me know. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I often feel that the past Nathan is a stranger sometimes right? Like, like 2010, Nathan, um, you knew me when I was in the past. He's definitely a stranger. Um, that's that <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Like it, it feels like a stranger. Yeah. The, the, the bad side to that, I do agree. I do. I do think it's a good thing, but the, the downside of that is sometimes it, I forget what those limiting beliefs look like. I forget what those challenges oh, yeah. really face. Right. And, and, and one, one reason why I'm diving in this is because we just talked about how just almost making six figures was like life. That was great. Sure. Um, surviving was phenomenal at that time and, and makes sense. Now let's talk about some of those goals and dreams and that mindset. Let's, let's see how far from, from all those realtors listening to this right now who are just yeah. hoping they survive. Let's let them know what five years, what 10 years looks like if they go down a path of success or of change. I will tell you one of the best things and it so came true. There was a more senior agent in my office at the time who said to me, you know, she was really kind. It was a husband and wife team. They had some family situations going on. So I was constantly getting their open houses, which was amazing. Um, she said to me at the five-year mark of your real estate career, you're going to see a shift. So just keep grinding it out to the five-year mark. And that five-year mark is some of the people that you first did deals with are going to be looking to transition again. But the secret was to keep in touch with them. And I would say it was between the three and five year mark. You started to see referrals. You started to see, I'll say more referrals uh, from transactions that you had done previously, or those first transactions are rolling over into bigger homes, different homes, et cetera. So that was powerful. And that really kind of gives you some additional momentum. Uh, if you want to fast forward to the way things are now, you know, I, I can't, I can't not speak of my success and not credit my office for it to a certain degree. The culture of the office that I'm with uh, has been sky's the limit. And, and, and I think you guys can, 
agree that we have an amazing brokerage that we work for, amazing franchise. So coaching is part of the lifestyle. So I've constantly grown into that and subscribed to it. I was with uh, the office for only two or three years, I think, before I was asked if I would consider the TL role. Um, but I jumped into culture and committees as soon as I got there just to try and make connections and, and get to learn more and more. You're the sum of the five people you hang around. I wanted to hang around the people. And right. uh, so from there, like it's, it's my success is constantly being open or sorry, my success, my results of success, I think it's been constantly open to just understanding there's so much that I don't know and, you know, get around people, take the education, do the do. Like if somebody, if you're going to invest in a coach or a program or a class, execute it. You know, there's no mm-hmm. sense in just having a smart bookshelf. You've got to execute what you learn um, and then measure it. Where's I like going? that smart bookshelf. That's a great line on that. <laughs> yeah. Like you can, you don't just stuff it onto your bookshelf. It's not going to serve you. I'm curious, Stevie. So like when you, when you talk about education, so like Christina is obviously very education based. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're very education based. Like what, what are some of those educational things as, as you worked up to that real estate career um, before our, our current roles, what was, what did that look like for you just in comparison? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually, so I'm going to back up here a bit. Cause I, I feel like I have a lot to say kind of based off of what Christina has been saying, which is, which is pretty mm-hmm. I feel like I actually have a very, very, very similar story to you, Christina, on on a lesser scale. Um, But like when I first got started in real estate, I was in um, a relationship that was also, you know, on the rocks. Um, We were living together, but it wasn't, you know, my anything. I didn't have any skin in the game. Um, So I basically started at a point where I was completely starting over myself. I had no money. I had no like anything. I kept flip-flopping back to part-time jobs just to like be able to pay like, you know, my gas, my cell phone bill, just the bare minimum to even be able to operate in real estate at all. And um, I went back and forth with, can I even do this? Do I need to get out of the industry? All that kind of stuff until I eventually, you know, joined a team and and got better support and, and learned and things took off for me a little bit more. But, um, I always say, so Ignite was one of the first things that I obviously took as a new realtor and it was a training course. And that was one of the first things of education. And and just going back to talking about goals and what your mindset was in the very beginning, like the same thing with me, I think my goals started very, very minimal. It was just about being able to like last in the, in the industry, like, can I just at least stick this out for a little bit and like, you know, stay in this industry. And I remember Ignite, um, I was just speaking about this the other day, but I remember like a lot of our Ignite trainers were like top mega agents within our brokerage that were, you know, training and and speaking on how to actually be a good realtor and and create a good real estate business. And I remember one of my goals shifted to, I wanted to, at some point in time, be able to be in their shoes and be successful enough to be able to teach Ignite and give back to agents and be someone that newer agents would want to learn from and want to, you know, and, and, that is something that I've always taken throughout my entire career. And the thing that really drives me a lot, it's not financial so much for me. It's, it's my success is being able to contribute to others in the form of education, like people feeling that I'm worthy enough to learn from, or you know what I mean? So that's always been something for me, but yeah, Ignite was a super powerful one for me. Bold was another one that I took that really um, 
really helped with mindset and just understanding and just really understanding that real estate is a business and you need to treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. I think those were probably two of the most powerful things in, in understanding. Because again, when I first joined, before I joined my team, I just didn't know what to do. I was one of those agents that was focusing on all the wrong things. So I would spend my days not really doing much. And I got lucky. I had a few deals from friends and family, but beyond that, I could not have told you where my next deal would come from or how I would ever get it. And it wasn't until I joined a team and got more accountability, guidance, structure, that just everything shifted for me. And I started understanding that real estate is a business. And now I'm a business owner and I need to run, you know, and operate like a business owner. So um, I don't know if that really answered your question, but I just, I had all those thoughts in my head there for a while. So I wanted to well, get them. I know. I, I absolutely love it. And it does help answer that question because, you know, there's, there's even a common thread between, um, between both, both stories too, that there's almost this degree and not, not to get all on a weird word, but almost this degree of faith in the process of the future. Right. Um, and, and one of the best advices I got was, uh, I was, I remember going to my broker owner one day and, and kind of freaking out. It was like my first or second year or something. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I, yeah, I have like one or two closings finally, but what about next month? And what about next month? And what about next month? And I remember he just looked at me and goes, man, that, that's just the industry. You, you have to have faith and trust that if you do A, B, C, and D, that that's just going to happen. And, and he goes, it, it's proven. It will happen. Real estate gets hard though. We, we rely in a future that is completely unknown and it's, it's easy to say this right now. Um, but like, let me ask you, we, we all have had a degree of success here. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever still doubted your future in this industry to some degree, whether that next deal or that next process is about to happen? Uh, for me, I don't feel like that feeling ever really went away. Like there, there definitely become a clear time and, Christina, for me, it was year three. So it's funny how you said that, that three to five year shift. And I always tell people this, it was year three when I started feeling like some form of success. I started feeling a little bit more of like a form of consistency of deals coming in more consistent. And I wasn't as paranoid about, you know, when's my next deal and all that going to come. But for me, I don't think that feeling has ever really left. Um, and now I feel that in the TL role. So it's just, it's just shifted in what it is, but I still feel it every day of like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing here? I don't know. So how did I get here? Like it's, yeah, I, I still feel it every day if I'm being honest. Well, they say you're only as good as your last transaction, right? You have to, you have to keep momentum going. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to really keep your ego in check too. We are an industry full of driven individuals. And if there's 20 people in the room, there's actually 40 if you count the egos. Um, <laughs> and I think if you don't keep that in check, you will, you will, your success will be halted, halt, halted. You could pick it back up again, but there's something that you need to learn. And I think you have to stay a little bit humble and subscribe to uh, not knowing everything in order for it to work. As soon as you think you know it all, I promise you the universe is going to say, no, you don't. Um, (laughs) And the other thing for a new agent, I get super passionate and I'd welcome anybody to reach out to me on this. It's living on 100% commission. I think you have to know your personal finances and, and expectations. I think you have to keep them in check. You have to watch your money. And I, I think that is like the biggest thing that I would love to help new agents always 
understand their finances and how to manage all of a sudden seeing 20 grand in your bank account, mm-hmm. maybe being a little foolish and now you can't pay the rent or the mortgage um, because it's, it, you can't spend in advance of what you earn. And then when you earn, you, you need to understand how that money works. That <laughs> and pay your taxes. Please, people. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the biggest learning curves. I always tell new realtors about that one. When new realtors ask me about like offering them advice in the industry and whatnot, like what do I wish? Uh, they'll always say like, what do you wish you knew when you first started? And I'm like, let me tell you, taxes is one of them. Like it's one of the biggest learning curves. Like if you, if you, like I was, for example, I was someone who what came from only having like part, cause I started in real estate at 21 years old. So you know, I went from having like part-time jobs, full-time jobs, but literally where I could do my own taxes, like not complicated at all, nothing significant to again, essentially becoming a business owner. Nobody taught me, like I had, I had no idea. So um, that was a huge learning curve for me was taxes. So I actually encourage all new agents, like learn that early on, even if you have a year where you don't make a lot of money in the, in the beginning, like still get a good accountant right off the hop if you can and like get into that habit because once you do start making a lot of money, it will make your life a lot easier moving forward. Yes. So I I, I think uh, taxes is definitely one episode I, I want to have a conversation with what that finance <laughs> looks like because that, that's like a two hour conversation on totally. its own. Um, okay. So as, as we're talking about, I just want to get back to this mindset concept because I, sure. I think um, – I, I, I have no problem sharing this. Uh, so again, after 12 years and, and our team does quite well, we'll do 30 to 35 ends a year pretty consistently. Um, hasn't changed. I think just like two months ago, I still wondered if I'd rate another listing again. Like for some reason, just like listings dried up. So that fear still existed. And, and as we're talking, it kind of got me thinking. We're asking, uh, when we talk to newer agents or agents that want to take that leap, what we're telling them to challenge these fears that now maybe we have challenged a lot of them already and we've seen the other side. So it's easier for us to talk about it. Between the two of you, whoever wants to go first, what is an adventure you're thinking about taking on in the next year that you're literally completely terrified? You have no idea if it's even going to work out yet. You're still going to take it on to see what happens and see if you come out on the other side. <laughs> I'm a risk taker. So I will shoot first and aim later, almost always. But that pulls me through. I'm not saying this is right. I'm hesitant to even share this because I don't want, like I just said, don't spend before you get. Um, But I will set myself up for having to have a certain amount of results in order to make something happen. So you know, I've opened two corporations this year and they have goals that I need to fulfill. So I have no choice but to make some magic happen. Um, I've also stuck my neck out there with inquiring um, other growth opportunities, right? And if I want to play with the with the big dogs, I need to be able to share that I'm I'm capable. Um, Mm -hmm. Not just financially, but just constantly being educated, constantly coming with intelligent questions uh, and and seeking out more information. And I've really subscribed to to reading a lot, like whether it be like I just I'm halfway done profit first and I started that yesterday. Um, I think so since the beginning of the year, I'm on my fourth book, which I'm pretty. Wow. That's pretty impressive. That was really good. Yes. Like virtual high. I'm not going to say that they're like, you know, they're not. 
Oh, no, we just lost you. I think your internet froze up on us, Christina. The joys of technology. I can't wait till we can do this in person. She'll come back right. in a second. Okay, well, while we're waiting for her to come back, um, let's just let's just transition it just in case she actually has to step out and come back in. Um, Stevie, like, what, what fears are, are you facing this year that that almost make you feel like you're back in that first year of real estate? Oh, I, Christina's back. So yeah, we're back. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Sorry, just quickly. So we heard. I'm not going to say the books are. Oh, seven thousand pages. <laughs> but each one of them has contributed to me either thinking bigger, putting some kind of structure in place, or leading me to more questions to seek out, you know, different answers. So that is very propelling, right? So I know, although I've set myself up with some risk, that I will make it happen. That's awesome. All right, so Stevie, we'll, we'll continue the question about your, your fear of, of this year, of, of a little bit of that unknown. Yeah, so I think I think a couple things for me. Um, again, I think I think one of the biggest ones for me right now is, is being in sort of a new role within the real estate industry that, you know, I love and I'm super passionate about, but it's something that I'm, I'm learning and it's, we've got high expectations on us and, and I have high expectations for myself and um, you know, that's a little bit scary. And I think honestly, too, like one of the things is we're, we're very much living in a time right now where um, we're coming up against a lot of competition. There's a lot of new things happening in the real estate industry, a lot of things going virtual, a lot of um, just a lot of big changes. And there's always going to be like a new kid on the block that kind of gets all the attention for a little bit and whatnot. So I think just being able to power through that and just continue to convey the value in, in you know, this company that I'm so passionate about that I work for and myself and just all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a little bit scary though. Cause I don't want to let myself down. I don't want to, you know, that's, I think something for me. Um, another thing I think would be stepping out of my comfort zone with, with investing in real estate myself. Um, again, I have big goals for, for this year and, you know, we all are aware of how the market is and it's no exception mm-hmm. for realtors on the, on that side of it too. Like it's, you know, I, I, I get it. So just things like that. And also too, like I have big goals. I would love to be in, in similar to Christina's position and, and be uh you know, owner of a brokerage or co-owner of a brokerage or whatever. And maybe that's not this year, but all this year is going to be working towards that. So just again, a lot of really big expectations on myself. So it's, yeah, it's scary. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, it super is scary. I'm hoping uh, we just lost Christina here. So I'm hoping we get her back before we kind of wrap it up. Um, I'm just waiting to see, uh, Oh, so she uh, she just messaged me. She one hundred percent lost her internet right now. So oh, no, um, well, you we could probably wrap it up pretty soon anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're coming up to the forty forty five minute mark. So uh, listen, uh, hopefully, Christina, you, you listen to this afterwards. We want to thank you so much for coming on. I, I really want. Um, there's always a goal behind when we do some of these podcasts, and and that goal, I, I want to share what my thought process and my goals were when yeah. I did this. We, we just finished uh, a, a training course for new agents. Um, and, and one of the things that kept coming back was there was a lot of fear based around connecting with other people for these sort of questions, for this sort of help. Number one, I want to share with everybody, your fears never go away. If you're in real estate and you want to do this at a high level, you better get comfortable with being crazy uncomfortable. Um, because as I said, we, we live in a world where 
we operate in a world where we have no idea what that future looks like all the time. We just set up as many things as possible to make sure that that outcome is favorable for us, right? And, and that's a very hard thing to do. And for those who are doing it at a high level, I, I give you guys a lot of credit and a lot of kudos. And those who are not doing it at a high level that want to, please reach out. Let's have conversations about it. So going back to this, this new agent courses, we, we, a lot of people were afraid to reach out to ask questions or were afraid to submit numbers. There is no, there should not be, I'm not going to say there isn't, there should not be no judgment in around the communities you're involved in with this. Um, we, Stevie and I both do this podcast and, and Christine, if she was here, I know she would attest to it because she's already said it. Reach out if you have these fears and these questions. Um, obviously, we brought on somebody who's with a Keller Williams brokerage in this conversation. And I'm not here to tell you what brokerage to go to or not do. But here is what I will tell you. If you are not getting support, if you're not getting training, if you are not getting this leverage in the right direction, then I would believe that you need to find a home that is allowing that to happen. We're not the only ones um, that'll provide that. I just know what we provide. If, if this mindset conversation isn't happening, that's a very scary thing because then you'll just be transactionally based and you'll have a job for the rest of your life. And more importantly, as Stevie mentioned, it is one of my goals to own brokerages and be co-owner in brokerages as well. I'd love to have that happen and it will happen. Christina did it within... She was licensed in 2008 and it's now 2020. So that's what math, 14 years um, thir yeah. after 13 years, after 13 years, that was where her growth trajectory took her. The owner of our current company had been a realtor for seven years. That is the trajectory that he is going. If your brokerage is not providing you with future goals and growth to be something bigger and better and not being your partner in that, then I would highly recommend Start looking at this, uh, start looking at your brokerage. Um, you may love the people, you may love what's going on, but in the end, this is about you and your career and what you want to advance to. So I'm really hoping out of this, um, I'm definitely not trying to persuade to go to one or another. I just want you to evaluate what your goals are, where it's going to go, evaluate what your fears are, because, and understand, we all have these fears. That's not going to change, unfortunately. You're still going to have them in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anything you want to add to that. Well, just to finish this off, I would say if you don't still have those fears, like you're not dreaming big enough, you know, like you're not, you're not thinking big enough. If, if you come into real estate, you start killing it and then you just get comfortable and you're not, you, you know, you want to always keep growing. That's one of the biggest things you want to always have a growth mindset and you want to keep getting better. It's about getting at least 1% better every day. So I would say if you don't continually have a little bit of fear in your gut, you might not be thinking big enough. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always miss those Maury's. We should do like final thoughts and have like special little music. You ever see Maury Povich? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we, we can do like tests. Like when, when two agents are fighting over a listing, we can do like a test and be like, this is not your listing. Yes. Make it all dramatic. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Enough side dragging. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thank you very much for your time and listening. Um, please like and share this. If you know anybody, um, let me know. And uh, we'd be more than, more than happy to help. Uh, if you know anybody, just, this would help. And then please reach out to us. You'll see our contact info on YouTube and everything else. Uh, we are in the uh, greater Toronto area. Email, reach out, anything. Um, we're more than happy to help support you. All right. Peace out, everybody. Awesome. Bye.